Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that there's nothing, Lord, that can separate us from your love. We thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you, Lord, for the peace you bring into our lives. And that, Lord, no matter what we go through, that, uh, Lord, you have paid that price. You have gone before us. And, Lord, help us to follow you obediently, Lord, and uh, to walk in your will for our lives. Father, we, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Open your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 29 is our, our text for this morning. Very simple message. It's in, the, it's in the verse there. It's called, Behold the Lamb of God. And we see there, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You know, what a, what a blessing that is. Um, Oliver B. Green said in the passage of Scripture that was read um, there, that um, though all Scripture is rich indeed, that's a very, very rich little passage. Mm. And it's a very deep passage too. And uh, the Apostle John, if you notice, he uses the word or the name, Lamb for our Lord Jesus Christ 31 times. Now, 29 of those are in the book of Revelation and, and, and twice in his gospel. And it was as John the Baptist, you can picture it on the Jordan River there, he's baptizing and, and here comes Jesus towards him and he cries out with everyone there, Behold the Lamb of God! Behold, that's a, that's a word of exclamation. In other words, he wants us to get a hold of something. It's a word that means to, to look intently, to, to look surprisingly. Pilate used the same word about Jesus. After he had had Jesus scourged, after the soldiers had plaited and put the crown of thorns on him and put a purple robe on him and mocked him, they smote him and took out his beard. Pilate brought forth Jesus and he said, Behold the man. When was the last time we beheld our Saviour? I mean, we looked intently and excitedly at who He is and what He has done. When was the last time we looked afresh at our great and awesome God? When was the last time we beheld Him? Do you know, we, He was in the beginning with the Father. John 17, 5, Jesus said, Father... Glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. See, we are to behold him in the bosom of the Father before this world was. He is the creator of this world. And we're to behold him in that creation. And he left that bosom. John 1.18, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. We're to behold him as he entered his public ministry. Jesus, he went up into the temple of Jerusalem at the, at the age of 12 and they were astonished at what he was saying and what he was teaching. 12 year old. The story's in Luke 2, 41 to 52. And from that day until he came to John the Baptist out in the Jordan River there, until that day, there's no record of any of the Lord's activities. You think about it, his birth was like no other had ever been or ever would be in Luke 1 and Matthew 1. Prophesied hundreds of years before in Isaiah 17, 7, 14. And then he was born to die for the sin of the world. Behold the man Christ Jesus. 
And we're going to behold him this afternoon as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now our text comes in two parts. Um, F.B. Meyer likened it to the Lamb and his load. And another preacher said the bearer and his burden. And we're going to see both of those in, in the love and provision of God. You know, Wesley said that his whole business on this earth below, while he could take a breath, was to cry out, Behold the Lamb. That was his business. That was his duty. Now, is this not also the most pressing business we have in our lives? To cry out to this lost world, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, first one is very simple. The Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God. Now that word behold always comes before some arresting truth. Now Jesus in Revelation 3.20, he's pictured there as an unwanted lamb. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice. We have the same today. He's unwanted by this world. People don't want to know about a lamb who wants to suffer in silence. A lamb who's prepared to turn the other cheek. The world doesn't want to know these things. They, they don't want to behold that sort of behaviour. But Jesus said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, he says, I'll come in there and sup with him and him with me. And in our verse, John used it in respect to the lamb. And he's fastening our attention on the, on the person the plan and the purpose of Jesus Christ in this world. Notice there's an emphasis put on, on the truth that Christ is the Lamb, the word the. Think of all the lambs in the Old Testament that was slain on Jewish altars were nothing but types and shadows of the offering of the perfect Lamb of God who would come into this world. Jesus is the only great Lamb, whose sacrifice had the power to redeem and save lost sinners. What better figure would there be to use than the Lamb? Seeing that Christ, he completes all the hopes of the Jewish rituals and sacrifices. Think of his innocence. You know, when children are very young... They're, ne they're, they're never tested too much. They're, they're still ignorant of sins. The sins of life. They, they, they're said to be innocent. But you think of Christ's innocence. Far greater was his innocence than anyone's. See, his innocence was holiness. Righteousness. And it was tested. Guess what? He never lost it. He kept it. His life remained unspotted. He remained holy and undefiled. Yes, he became sin, but he never became a sinner, amen? If he had sinned, he would have given up the right to become our saviour. Our salvation would mean nothing. But being sinless, he and he alone can save. Now the Old Testament lambs, they, they remained innocent simply because they didn't have a conscience, Amen? They have no knowledge of good or evil. But God's lamb, he was holy. He was tested in the wilderness by the devil in person. 
Imagine having nothing to eat or drink for 40 days. And this is how the devil works. And he comes along and says, here, here, have some food. Imagine knowing you're the creator of the world. And the devil comes along and says, here's your kingdom. Just bow down and worship me. But Christ never sinned. And being sinless, only he can save. Only he can say. And Christ was tested just as we are, yet he remained victorious completely. Behold his gentleness. You know, lambs are considered meek, and, uh, but in God's lamb, meekness was not weakness. The world will tell you that's true. If you're meek, you're weak. But not with Christ, not with the Christian life. Jesus said what? It would be the meek who would inherit the earth. And as God's lamb will fill this earth, he will fill it with his glory. His submission. You know, lambs don't complain when they're being slain. They don't say stop. They can't. They, they, they don't have personalities. And I can just picture the Old Testament lambs being led in. Some, some may be pulled or dragged to the altar. But not the Lamb of God. He willingly, freely gave himself. That's why he was our ransom. Isaiah 53, 7 said he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Not one word to stop it. Now, there's been many kinds of deaths. There's heroes' death. There's martyrs' deaths. But with Christ, he chose death. Death did not claim him. His birth was to the purpose he would die. You know, I've heard many people say, and we probably all thought it, people often say, well, if I'd known what was going to happen and uh, what laid ahead, then I wouldn't have done it. But Jesus knew every single step he was going to take. He knew everything he would suffer, all that he was going to go through. Every step. And he walked that road of death till it finished at the cross. And his whole life was self-sacrifice. It was, it was a voluntary sacrifice. Now we sometimes sacrifice. But many times we sacrifice because we have to. But his sacrifice began at birth and ended at Calvary. You know that lambs exist, fathers. So did the whole of Christ's work. His whole life existed for others. You know a lamb gives its wool for clothing. It gives its flesh for food. And from God's lamb, the same thing. Because we are clothed in his righteousness. We have taken part of the bread of life. Behold his deity. He's no normal lamb. You see, the, the, lamb, the Jews could bring any lamb that met the certain requirements to the altar. 
But with the Lamb of God, it was completely different. There was no other who could die for man's sin. Because no one else was, was good enough to pay the price for sin. And, and, and no ordinary blood could wash away man's sin. It was God's blood, the blood of God, that washed a sinner clean. Acts 20, 28 tells us, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Not man's blood. Man's blood could wash away nothing as the blood of God that cleanses from all sin. Christ was made the God-man. God come down from glory. And he was joined to us through his robe of flesh. And it was his blood alone, and only his blood, that has the power to cover sin. The lamb was God, and the lamb was of God. And here we see the difference between true Christianity and world religions. Ruled religions, they, 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 have you ever noticed they provide a sacrifice for their God? They're always sacrificing something to their God, for their God. But you look at the true Christian God, what did he do? He provided a sacrifice for men. What a difference. What a great God we have. The sacrifice God gave was himself. And we need to work that out with fear and trembling. Amen. See, there's only one source of our salvation, and that is God. And he, he was the only one who loved the world enough. And in his son, he died to reconcile the world back to himself. Behold the Lamb. Exodus 12, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Verse 3, we read, it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house, taking according to the number of souls, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Notice in verse 3 there, there has to be a lamb. There has to be a sacrifice, a lamb. And in verse 4 it says, the lamb. has to be a certain lamb, only one type of lamb. And in verse 5, we read, your lamb is yours. A lamb had to be given. The lamb had to be perfect. And he gave himself as your lamb. Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And there we come to the load. The sin of the world. Hebrews 10, 1 tells us, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, 
can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Year by year, continually, continually, they had to sacrifice a lamb. But it never covered the payment of sins. It's not possible, it tells us, that the blood of good bulls and goats could take away sins. Not possible. In no way could anything else wash away the sin of this world except the very blood of God himself. And we read here, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. See, there's a, an outward religious position for all these offerers, but save the sinner no way. Is God accepted them? In the virtue of Calvary, they were, they were a type of the real sacrifice, but they were only shadows, which represented the way in which God would, in the fullness of time, provide the Lamb of God. You see, it was in the fullness of time, Galatians tells us, that God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those under the law. And it is only in Christ, and Christ alone, that we can be saved. His victorious death, we are brought near to God and God assures us of our acceptance before Him because it was the Lamb which taketh away the sin of the world. And that word taketh means to, to lift up and just carry off. And He is love in all its glory that God stooped down and He took up the load of all the wicked sin past, present and future of this world, he took it onto his own body and he took the whole lot away. As far as the east is from the west, our sins have been taken away. Remember Abraham. He was offering up his son on the mountain, on the altar, and God provided a ram in the thicket. Instead of having to sacrifice his own son, God provided him with one, a sacrifice. And just like Isaac, we, we, we should have died, but just like Isaac also, we, we are saved through a substitute offering of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, on the Day of Atonement, a bullock would be offered for the sin of the priest. And then two goats were brought to the tabernacle door and the, the innocent goat would, would shed its blood that guilty humans would live and not die. And the live goat would have the sins of, of Israel confessed over them and it would be taken out into the wilderness and would be let go where it could just wander off into the distance. Leviticus 16 tells us that story there. And they were given a visible assurance that went right to their souls that they, that they were forgiven. That their sins had, had been covered, for, but only for that time. 
And what a type that is of the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. See, we don't have to worry where our load of sin has gone because Christ took it upon himself and he took it away. That's no longer there. And if we confess our sins, he's the one who is faithful. He is the one who is just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's gone. And as our brother said, we've got to confess it. You don't want to be carrying a load when you get to glory. See, no one else could do it. Only Christ could. There was a traveller and he, he entered a town. And it's a town in Europe, I, I can't remember which one, but there's a building and it's got a tall spire on it. In those days they built their churches to be above every other building, you see. That's what the spires were all about. No one would be higher than God. And there was a building there and they had a big tall spire. And halfway up that spire, the, the, a man noticed that there was a stone lamb was fixed in, in, in that spire. And as he was walking by, he, he asked one of the townsfolk, he said, he said, how come there's a, a lamb halfway up the spire of this, this building? And he was told that uh, when they were building the building, there was a stonemason lost his balance. And he fell off the building to the ground. And all his workmates went down there. They were expecting to, to find a real mess, a terrible sight. But there, to amazement, the, the man wasn't dead at all. In fact, they got him up and he was just shaking a little bit. And they said, how did this happen? He said, well, as this man was falling, a flock of sheep were being led down the street. And instead of the man being crushed on the ground, he fell on top of the sheep. That's true. And it broke his fall. And it saved his life. And to remember that event, they built a stone lamb into the spire. And so it was for us at Calvary. The Lord's body was bruised and it was broken for our transgressions. He bore the full weight of our sin, the sin of the world, and if we fall upon him, if we call out to him and ask to be forgiven, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And if we believe on him and the finished work of Calvary, we are saved. Our text reads the sin of the world, not sins. It wasn't the fruit of sin that Jesus dealt with. He dealt with the root of sin. And that's the key word, the. What is the sin of the world? Now you're going to get a lot of different views on that. But what the Lord did, he dealt with it at the root. You want to get rid of something, you want to get the roots out, Amen. And that's what he did. He dealt with the root of sin from which all sins come from. His work was inward. The sin is about admitting God from one's life. Unbelief will damn a soul to hell. It's forgetting there is a God. It's ignoring God. It's denying God. It's, it's breaking God's commandments. The, the sin was mankind separated, rebellious even hostile towards the one God and creator of this world. 
And the one who knew no sin was made sin for us. He took upon himself all of man's filthiness and pervertedness. He took upon him all of God's judgment upon man's sin and he was nailed to the cross because of it. Can we even begin to imagine the weight of the load that he carried? Man, I, I know when I fall short, the, the, the weight is too much to bear, amen? We know when we've blown it. Can you imagine the weight of the sin of the world? What a burden. Herbert Lockyer said there could be no greater burden than to take on the sin of the world. And all of this sin fell upon the Lord's heart. And it made me think. Think of the sin of just one life from the moment one knows right from wrong to an old age. Imagine the sin in one life alone. Times that by all who have ever lived or ever will live. Those who are alive under the gospel age then think if we can of just what that load was that Jesus carried. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What grace God has shown us. What can one do to be saved? Well, behold the Lamb of God. We don't, listen, we don't have to wait until we understand all about the atonement. I'd still be lost if that was the condition of salvation. We have to but look only to the fact that God made a provision through by His Son and believe in that and you're saved. You see, I must believe, biblically believe, that the blood of the Lamb does two things. It forgives and it cleanses me both from sin's guilt and sin's power. You see, the, the guilt of sin is gone Man will try and put it out of his, his conscience, but it stays in our conscience. It, it, it condemns showing the wrong, but, but, but in the conscience it never forgives. But once our sin is cleansed, well, yes, there's consequences to our sins. The fact we sin is still there, but the guilt is gone, the power is gone, and the penalty has gone. Because behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The sin no longer can accuse us. The power of sin has been broken by the Lamb of God. Slain in our place. Yet if we realise that our life is self-centred, bound by sin, led by the devil, ignoring God, what a blessing it is to know that the Lamb of God, who now reigns, can break the power of sin. He is wanting to lift our load. And he wants to do it forever. 
You see, he can break the chains of sin. He can break the power of hold that it has over us. He and he alone can give victory. You see, on the cross, he took away the sin that damns. He purchased redemption. And the moment we believe in his shed blood, the moment we trust in his finished work on the cross, we are redeemed fully, not partially, fully. Look, you cannot get any more redeemed than redeemed, amen, by the blood of the Lamb. See, he takes away the sin committed by believers daily. He cleanses, he washes the spirit and the soul of his children. As we come to him and ask forgiveness, he daily grants us grace and mercy. And it's fresh and it's new every morning. And on the cross, he died for sinners. And listen, as our high priest, he presents his sacrifice before God the Father continually. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Revelation 1.5 tells us, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know that the shortest sermon that Charles Spurgeon ever preached was just reading that verse. He was to preach at a time in the Crystal Palace in England. It was a time when India was uh, getting its independence back from Britain. And he went to the Crystal Palace because he wanted to check out what it was like and how, how it sounded a couple of days before he was due to go and preach there. And he cried out in the middle of this big palace. He said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And there was a guy in there working who, who knew nothing about what was happening, but he heard him call out those words and the message came down upon him and upon his soul, uh, the man said, like rocks from heaven. And he was overtaken with the conviction of sin. And he put down his tools and he went home. And after a time of spiritually struggling, he found peace and life. You know how? Beholding the Lamb of God. What a powerful, powerful thing it is to behold the Lamb. Jesus did take away the sin of the world. And if that's true, if this verse is true, if we are told to behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world, then that must mean that he died for every sinner who has ever been born. Amen? Amen. Every single person who has been born or will be born, his shed blood is sufficient to cover every sin, past, present, and future. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brothers and sisters, God pity 
any man, any minister who wants to preach limited atonement. The Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth shed his blood for the whole world and whosoever will may come. And that same message is the same message today as it has always been from the Garden of Eden to reach out and save people's souls. Whosoever will come. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Have you done that? Are you here today born again, truly saved? Then behold the Lamb of God and all those things. His innocence, His creation, His death, His life, His resurrection. Behold Him to the glory of His name. But if you're here today and the Holy Spirit has pressed on your heart, I am lost. Don't leave until you know. The people here can help you understand what it means to be saved. Now it's not by any work we can do, but the work He did. All people said? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the simple truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, that we aren't made righteous before you in any other way except through the Lamb of God, your only begotten Son. We thank you that there's not one work we can do. We are not to believe and confess and to put our faith and trust in the work that he did on the cross. And your word promises thou shalt be saved. Lord, we thank you and praise you for the great sacrifice you made for us. And dear Jesus, we thank you for your willingness to be obedient to your heavenly Father and for the sending of your Spirit to give us the trust, the faith and the hope we need to press on, Lord, in a world that is completely against you and that we do it to the glory of your name, knowing that you were bruised and crushed on our behalf for the glory of God. These things we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.